Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, and might I add, a happy Victory Monday to everybody. They've been few and far between for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but today we are celebrating a Victory Monday, ladies and gentlemen, as the Bucks are a day removed from defeating the Los Angeles Rams 16 to 13 in an exhilarating finish with Tom Brady completing a one yard touchdown pass to Kate Otten with nine seconds to go. We'll get into all of that and some stuff that we heard from Todd Bowles today. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me as my co host from pewterreport.com, Scott Reynolds, the face that runs the place at the website. Scott, how you doing? And Happy Victory Monday. It just feels yeah. great to say. We have not said it in a while. <laughs> it's been a while, right? It has. Yeah. And and it's exciting for for all the, the fans out there. I, I will say it's it's funny because I want to say maybe the stadium was about 40% empty when, really? when the Buccaneers yeah, when the Buccaneers got the ball back and went down with 44 oh. seconds left and scored. So okay. That makes it, more it, sense. <laughs> there, there are some fans that jump ship. And and that's understandable given how this season's played out. It has not been according to script. But for the fans that stuck around to see Tom Brady's 50th, I'm sorry, 55th come from behind victory in the fourth quarter, that was pretty cool. Like that was that was a, a nice comeback there. And, and you know, the thing too is we're all human beings, right? And and uh, you know, I I lost my mom a couple of days after the Packers game on October 20th. Uh, right when, when uh, what was the final score? Thirty-five to seven or forty-two seven, whatever it was. Uh, that that Packers game where they they whooped up on on Aaron Rodgers. My mother passed yeah. away during football season. You know, it, yet uh, she had the best seats in the house for the Super Bowl. Right when yeah. when it it came around that season, and so you really have to feel for for a guy like like Kate Otten who lost his mom Sally during the season. But you know, yeah. to to have a moment like that, right? I mean, that's to have your first touchdown in the NFL be the game-winning score in a big game, as as uh, Adam Slyvon, our our uh, uh, intrepid reporter intern for Pewter Report, wrote a great story last night on PewterReport.com. You know, did Otten's touchdown catch save the season? I mean, right now it it, it prevented the ship from sinking. Whether the yes. ship can get to harbor, Matt, we'll figure out. That in December probably, but right now the ship has not been sunk at four and five, thanks to the Falcons losing yesterday to the Chargers. This team is still in first place in the NFC South, so that's good news. But, but yes, when I was talking to Kate Otten after he addressed his touchdown catch, he thought about his mom as he crossed the end zone. It was it was certainly a, you know, a, a great moment. And you know, you just you see this guy here. These are two Washington Huskies, Joe Tryon, Shoinka, and Kate Otten celebrating at touchdown. It it meant a lot to him personally. It meant a lot to this team. And, and remember, he dropped the touchdown the week yeah. prior, right? So yeah. it was a, it was a great bit of redemption for Kate Otten, and it was a great moment that that certainly kept this this team alive. And and I think that's the important thing. At four and five, they're still alive. Yeah, it's well said, Scott. It just shows that, you know, some things are are bigger than sports. And in other ways, sports can help you 
you know, really put things into perspective, as you mentioned, with, with Kate losing his mom. And then he talked about uh, talking about uh, thinking about his, his mom, how, uh, as you said, best seat in the house, being able to watch from there. And yeah. it was great to see for anyone, really, but especially someone who went through that situation and uh, just watching a player right now that's getting better week yes. in and week out. And it's funny, Josh Capo and I on the uh, on the tailgate show right before the, the game day show and the live stream. We were saying how much we enjoy Kate Otten, but yeah. it seems like when he's been productive for this team, it doesn't really happen until the second half. Right. That's that's her thing to scale just because the Bucks offense has struggled in general. And even yesterday's right. game, you know, he made one catch in the first half, maybe two, but he did most of his damage yeah. on that last drive. But that's right. Let's remember he and Scotty Miller. Yeah, him and Scotty Miller. Let's remember that drive does not even get off the ground if it's not for Kate Otten making that fantastic sliding catch on the first play yes. uh, of that last drive. And it set the Bucks over midfield around the 30s. And then Brady could then spike it, went to Leonard Fournette, went to Scotty Miller twice, got the penalty to Mike Evans before Kate Otten uh, scored the touchdown. So I'm loving the production that I see from Kate Otten in the second half. I hope yeah. the Bucks, one way or another, because they clearly don't have a third option in the passing game right now. I would love to see. Kate Odden get implemented just a little bit more uh, in the first half of games. And hey, if Rob Gronkowski, you're asking a lot. Come up, on now, you're asking yeah. a lot from from Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich should not come on, be. Man. Yeah, I'm sorry for asking Byron Leftwich to not be plain Jane, predictable, vanilla, bland, whatever you want to call it. But come know, on, that's what Byron Leftwich has been. And I, the winning listen you want the bucks to win because they obviously still have a chance to make the playoffs and as you said they're first in the nfc south but it does mask the fact that this offense still is just not good and like no. one touchdown is not going to no it's not you know, really uh not really going to change any of that you're right and, and the thing too is is again it's like this team had nine points on the board right through through three quarters, it, it was not good enough. They, they finally get the touchdown and and to win the game, but it does not make up for the lack of points and some of just the, the, the boneheaded play calls. You know, it, but what it does do is it allows Byron Leftwich to live another day. If they're yeah. going to get rid of this guy during the season, which I don't think they are at this point, but if they're going to, it probably would have to be after a really poor offensive showing against the Seahawks this week. And then maybe during the bye week, there's some ammunition where Todd Bowles can go to the powers that be and say, I, I want to make a change. And, and maybe, maybe they're saying, Hey, the, there, there's not a better option maybe on this coaching staff right now. Mm -hmm. So you hang tight, Byron, you're going to get next year. You can make a change at that point in time, but we're going to ride this thing out and, you know, play, play good on defense. Maybe Tom comes around, maybe Ryan Jensen comes back, Matt, who knows? <laughs> A shout out to LDBC's Most Wanted. Thank you for the $4.99 super chat. They say, much love, Peter Report from California. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate that. Shout out to you watching on the West Coast. 108 over there right now. Uh, yeah. Is there any news on Jensen coming back and over under Vita Vea getting 10 sacks this year? 
I like this question. I, I like you know, it. I'm a gambling guy. I like hearing talking over unders. We put an over yep. under on three and outs for the Bucks offense yesterday. We first set it at three and a half and then moved it to four and a half. Yeah. Either way, the Bucks hit it. So uh, right. nicely done. <laughs> yes. Nicely done by then. Uh Ryan Jensen, still not an update to my knowledge at the moment. They actually showed him on the sideline yesterday. He's yep. not wearing a knee brace, which right. it, it, you know is a good thing, but I think it's one of those things again, we don't see him until maybe like Christmas or yeah. even early January, but he's not coming back anytime soon. Right. It's one thing to sit on the bench or stand or walk around. It's another thing to, yeah. to move 300 pound men. Right. And, and to do all of the things that you need to do from a pass protection standpoint, agility, running, pulling, hitting, moving targets, blocking somebody, driving them off the line of scrimmage is it, it's, it's a far cry. I know people see Ryan Jensen without a brace. They get excited. I get that. But as we've seen, right, Chris Godwin is not Chris Godwin, Matt. He's right. he's playing this year. He's cleared to play. The knee is okay, but he's not back to where he was in previous years, even before the knee injury last year, yeah. just from a health standpoint. This is this is the typical had an ACL. I, I can come back and play, but I, I'm not going to be fully back probably until the year after. That's that's more of the norm than you saw Adrian Peterson, the 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 cyborg freak right yeah he's playing for washington and <laughs> rushed for two thousand yards coming off of a torn acl that is that is not the norm that is the unicorn that is the mystical creature that is adrian peterson so there is that one one thing more thing on, on kate otten that i i wanted to to talk about so uh in in the locker room uh the, it had kind of cleared out people were very excited a lot of players that had left they were they were ready to to get, get home and celebrate yeah so <laughs> in talking yeah, exactly. So one one of the guys in the locker room, you know, went up to it and I saw Blaine Gabbert and I said, I said, man, this this Kate Otten kid, right? He's like, dude, he said, Kate Otten, he's he's legit. He said, uh, you know, and I said, I, I remember him making that big catch against the Titans, right? In, in the preseason game on a pass yep. from you. He said, yes, th this guy is just scratching the surface. He he can definitely be a legitimate player for this offense and a big time weapon. So uh, it's the, the players are excited about this guy. The coaches are excited. Uh, Tom Brady's excited, right? When you, when you make these plays for Tom, you get the trust, <laughs> right? You, you, you're in that inner circle, right? You, you showed up for Tom in the fourth quarter. You made this touchdown. It gets you in the inner circle. Not that he wasn't before, but damn it. He's in now. Right. And the yeah. other cool thing about talking from Blaine Gabbert, uh, after the, you know, the game, just, just aside from talking to Blaine Gabbert, cause he's so cool. Very cool. uh, even without the mullet, he's he's still really cool. Uh, but the thing is, is is uh, I, I looked, you know, he's he was 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 getting ready to to head out, and in his locker, uh, he he had a, a can of of Celsius. Now, no kidding, one kind of like this, kind of like this. Yeah. Now I, I've been kind of switching up with the grape, but Blaine had he had an orange Celsius. In his ah. locker. And I said, Celsius, what are you doing with Celsius, man? He's like, Celsius is fantastic. He's like, it's replaced coffee for me. I'm like, me too. I like, love it. I yeah. love it. That's the best. I mean, yeah. no one's cooler than Blaine. So I know. you want to be cool like Blaine. I almost want to be, be like, like a stepbrother with Blaine. It's like we wanted <laughs> to go like do karate in the garage and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, You guys have so much more room for activity. And That's of course, right. uh, Celsius is the presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. So many different flavors, like you see here, the Arctic vibe, tropical, and peach vibe. Um, you saw some of the flavors as well. I have the watermelon berry right now. I believe, Scott, you had the, the grape. 
yes. if I'm not mistaken. So yep. just a variety of great different flavors. They got cola and cucumber lime as well, too, if you want to get away from some of the you know the overall fruits that they have. But the flavor is fantastic. Seven essential vitamins, uh, the healthy version of an energy drink, can replace coffee, as Scott and Blaine Gabbard have. And as Shaggy says, do we, <laughs> do we just become best friends? If you're drinking Celsius, we can be best friends. That's right. Um, and where can you find Celsius? Go to the store locator. If you want to just try out one, go to their website. Find out where they have one near your local convenience store, gas station, a Walmart, tar- a Target, or uh, what's that other place? Oh, yeah. Bodega! Bodega! Go to your local bodega. See what flavors they have over at your favorite bodega or if you're like you know what i'm already all in on celsius i know i want it and i want more i want it in bulk that's great love that answer you could have it sent straight to your house or apartment go to amazon do the subscribe and save you can have it set up every one two or three weeks whenever you want it sent uh to your house or apartment i recommend getting the variety pack because we talk about all the great flavors and variety is the spice of life so uh, go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, or order from Amazon. You won't be disappointed that Celsius, hashtag Celsius Live Fit, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. I want to get to um, the second part of the question that we had about yeah. the over-under 10 sacks for our guy, Vita Vey. I like he it. had a great game. I mean, he's at six and a half sacks right yeah. now. So yeah. he only- I like it. He only needs to get three and a half for uh, the remainder of the season. And I, I, I think a big thing as well for Vita was the fact that having Akeem Hicks back in the lineup just takes some of that pressure off of him. Yeah, We've talked a lot about how Vita has been a little inconsistent this year, how we want to see him put it all together. And, you know, it's one thing when you're the top guy and you're around either – typically you know backup players like nacho but shout out to nacho he got a sack in the game yeah. as well or if you're with the rookie like logan hall having akeem hicks back in there to hold people accountable by the way adopted sue was in town this weekend he was hanging out <laughs> with me today on friday night so i'm curious if it's that's interesting you had some words of encouragement for vita Bayer or vita yeah. knew hey sue's gonna be watching so i have to play well or else he's gonna right. hold me accountable either way, uh i definitely tend to well within reason when you consider he's already at six and a half and uh, reaching career highs. And when I thought like, all right, you know, he'll just be a four to five sack player per season. And that's yeah. totally fine, especially at the nose tackle position. Ten right. sacks would be fantastic for Vita Vea. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think the thing, too, is is when you, you look at at uh, where they're playing him right now, Matt, this is what's different about this year and why Todd Bowles wanted to have more athletic, quicker, faster, younger defensive linemen because they're playing yep. an underfront now with greater regularity, not so much the overfront that they've played. And, and what this is doing is, and Josh Capo pointed uh, this out to a degree in his column uh, over the weekend or his story over the weekend about Vita Bay and the lack of, of pressures. His pressure rate has dropped. His sacks have gone up. So, yeah, I'll let you kind of decide, you know, which is more important. Uh, consistent pressure over the course of a season is very important. I'm not knocking pressures. But when you get a sack on third down and it forces a punt, that's better than a pressure because you've done your job. And 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 Vita's, a lot of those sacks have come on third down situations. I think one happened on a second down, but it led to a punt, which was good. But my point about Vita Bay is he's, he's playing really a, a weak side three technique. He's playing under tackle position back when – 
when the Tampa Bay uh, defense under Monty Kippen was running an under front, that term under tackle or three technique tackle kind of became what, you know, what, what SAP was known for, right? Not just a defensive tackle, a three technique or, or a, an under tackle. And, and that's really what would be is playing, not exclusively. He'll still play in the A-gap. He'll still play head up on the nose. Todd Bowles likes to move his personnel around. It's not as static as it was under Monty Kippen's defense. But what Vita Vey is doing is he's playing a lot of three technique in that B-gap, getting ISO'd, singled up on the guard. And we're seeing Akeem yeah. Hicks on the left side of that line playing more in the A-gap, drawing that center uh, guard double team, that right guard double team, and listen, the matchup, and I talked about it in my SR's Fab Five, Matt, and we talked about it on the, the Pewter Report tailgate show as well. Bobby Evans is the worst, or one of the worst, like one of the five worst guards in the league. Mm-hmm. Now that Luke Gedeke is at the starting lineup, this is one of the worst starting guards, and they beat him like a drum. I think he gave up two out of the three or maybe all three sacks, two by Vita Vea and also one by Raheem Nunez Rochez, who got his first sack and was super excited about that. We've had Nacho, friend of the show, yeah, yeah. right, on, on the program here. And he was just thrilled to finally get his long-awaited sack. And it was a trophy sack, too, right? Super Bowl yeah. champion Matthew Stafford, kind of a guy that in, in the past has been harder to sack. But we're seeing the fruits of this switch to the underfront now, Matt, where mm-hmm. Vita Vea is getting ISO'd. And you know what? He's not the quickest and the fastest guy. He can't really redirect that well. But he is athletic for a big man. He does have the ability to power through some of those blocks and and just just use. I mean, there he is right there, right? He's yep. he's beating a double team here from Ryan Allen the center and and Bobby Evans the horrible left guard and and getting pressures and getting sacks. And I I do I, I said this is one of my two predictions in the two point conversion column that came up uh, around noon today. I think Vita Vea becomes the first defensive tackle in Tampa to get double-digit sacks since Warren Sapp did it last in 2000, which was 16 and a half sacks. Uh, Gerald McCoy came close in 2013. I believe he had nine and a half sacks, but there's not been a defensive tackle that has had double-digit sacks since Warren Sapp did it all the way back in 2000. Vita Bay has come a long way from being the rookie that had to have a sit-down conversation with Jason Light when it wasn't yeah. getting together. He's come a long way from Warren Sapp calling him out, and we know yep. Warren Sapp likes to call out uh, current Buccaneers <laughs> on the <laughs> roster. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see him really put in the work and, and get the production that uh, we wanted to, to see from him. Thank you for getting to the Super Chat. Yep. I was going to get to that next. Tony, how you doing, Tony? He was on a lot of the, the live stream yesterday. So, Tony, awesome. appreciate you. Appreciate the super the 999 Super Chat says uh, Bucks and Colts nearly have the same offense production, yet one team fires their offensive coordinator and head coach. Bucks do nothing. Are they not going to fire Arians, friends, and former players while he's in a cushy position? Good question, Tony. Um, the situations are a little bit different. For those that don't yeah. know, the, the Indianapolis Colts fired their head coach, Frank Reich, today. And in a bizarre move, which I, I've seen Park recreation but it's based in indiana so they talk about the Colts. i thought this was like a bonus episode of parks and rec they take their <laughs> former center their former pro bowl center he's in the ring yeah. of honor jeff saturday who's a consultant to the team but right. is on you know nfl live on on the espn on espn right. uh, he's now their interim coach hasn't been in the wow. building all season long not with the coaching staff or anything like that and right. he's now their interim head coach for uh the rest of the season but here's the yep. difference between 
you know, hold on, hold on, Matt, hold on. Sure. I, I, I feel a really good point coming on. I feel like you're, you're oh, going to yeah. make a very <laughs> succinct and entertaining and informative point. And I want to get to that. But first, what I want to do is I want to find out where everyone's watching the show from. I want to find out where everybody is at today. And that means it's time for Roll Call. I lost track of time, but I'm glad you're on it. Where are you at, Peter people? We have so many awesome fans watching the Pewter Report podcast and reading everything at pewterreport.com. We got awesome fans all over the globe, not just in Tampa, not just in the state of Florida. We had friends all over, uh, over the other, world, all over the world, not just in the United States. We love America, but we worldwide. All, yeah, we are worldwide. We appreciate all of our international fans as well, from Finland to England, Germany, where the Bucks will be next week, uh, Brazil. So uh, I'm going to keep talking about the difference between the Colts and the Buccaneers and their coaching situation right now. And Scott is going to put everyone's comments, where you're watching from, up on the screen while I continue with my rants or just overall take about what's going on. So let us know where you're watching from, wherever you are. Just give your location and state. Or just your state, or just your city, whatever you want. You know, we're very easygoing when it comes to roll call. So appreciate everyone watching and start putting in the comments. Here we go. So the big difference between the Colts and the Bucks and why the Colts made the decision that they decided to go with, and why the Bucks still have Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. Frank Wright's been coaching there for a couple of seasons now, and this was kind of an all-in last-ditch effort. Shout out Yi Jinping. Um, you know, he's been coaching for a couple of years. They bring in Matt Ryan, and then all of a sudden he decides to bench Matt Ryan, who hasn't been playing great. But you got to remember, the Colts, they tied the Texans the first game of the season. They lost to the Jaguars. They're heavily, heavily underachieving. They got rid of one of their other running backs, uh, Naheem Himes. Um, Jonathan Taylor has regressed this season. He's turning into one of the worst number one picks in fantasy football of all time. That's not to say that he can't rebound. But when you bench Matt Ryan and you put in Sam Ellinger and you have the performance that you had yesterday, and Frank Reich's been there for a couple of years now, and you're not getting better, it, you know, you, you got to move on. You got you got to make that decision. Obviously, uh, Jim Mersey, their owner, is a, a bit of an impatient guy. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, he said that Frank Reich is, is fine. And I think Frank Reich's still a pretty good coach, but sometimes things just don't work out and they don't go your way. Uh, what's different with the Bucs here is, one, they didn't bench their starting quarterback, which you'd be crazy right. to bench uh, Tom Brady. Especially two, after trading for Matt Ryan. They traded for the Yeah, guy. they traded for Matt Ryan. That's like another big part of it. Two, you know, this is Todd Bowles. I know he coached with the Jets, but this is his first year as the head coach of the Buccaneers. And sure, they're not living up to expectations right now. You talked a lot about that uh, in, in the Monday Mailbag today, more towards Byron Leftwich, But – when you have a first year head coach or a first season with a new head coach, you got to give it a little more time to develop, you know? And of course, another big thing and sure Byron Leftwich needs to get better. If you want to get on bowls for not getting rid of uh, Byron Leftwich just yet, I don't necessarily fault you for that. It is yep. one of those situations again, where, yeah, you got given the team, but it was on March 30th, you know, teams already have their coaches in play. Yeah. So Todd can't even bring, in his own guys. Right. And the last part of this is the Bucs still have a chance to make the playoffs. They're in That's first right. place in the NFC South. So there clearly yeah. needs to be improvement, but the Colts have had this coaching staff and this head coach in there for a couple of seasons. They haven't had their quarterback. The quarterback has not worked out. They benched Matt Ryan. 
and their backup has not done anything better. So that's why Frank Reich isn't there. Todd Bowles, his first season coaching the Bucs, underachieved, but hey, still in the They're race, in, in the division. Yeah. And so to, to cut him now, and who do you even make the head coach now? Byron Leftwich? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Keith Armstrong? I don't think so. <laughs> Harold Goodwin wants to be a head coach, and I hope he becomes a head coach one right. day. But he's currently the run game coordinator in the historically worst in the history of the game of football in rushing yards per game. Yeah, that's a tough that, sell. I don't know if that's the best <laughs> candidate to now be the head coach. So at that point, you're kind of out of options for who would be the right. interim head coach. So that's why the Colts did what they did, and that's why the Bucs are, are still intact. And, hey, maybe this starts off a, a, a long winning streak. Mike yeah. Edwards is like, well, it would just be great if we went 9-0. and Well, they got they they checked off the first box so right there you go well we've got a super chat here we want to get to and we appreciate uh leo with the two dollar super chat as always thanks for the support leo thanks for all the super chats we've gotten yeah. over the weekend and, and also today won't face a tougher d-line than the rams rest of the year it's interesting too because they only gave up one sack and yeah you don't want to see it but it was it was a fourth down sack and aaron donald's just gonna aaron donald sometimes yep. right i mean he, yeah. he split donovan smith and and nick leverett but by and large, I thought the protection was pretty good for Tom Brady. Aaron Donald did not take the game over at any point in time. He made his plays, right? It's, it's almost like yeah. you're going to make a couple plays, right? But it can't be fatal. Just like Cooper yeah. Cup. I mean, yes, that, that was a big play, right? 69-yard touchdown, very, very reminiscent of what happened last year in the 70-yard touchdown in that playoff game. But mm. at the end of the day, Cooper Cup didn't kill the Buccaneers. They did a really good job of rallying, of containing uh, the, the sidelines. I thought the corners and the safeties in this game played exceptional, and it showed up in the tackle totals, right? Six tackles for uh, for Carlton Davis. I thought he played a phenomenal game. Yeah. Uh, that, and, and you've got uh, Keanu Neal, right, with 22 tackles. I'm sorry, 22 tackles. He's number 22. That'd be with 10 a, that'd tackles be a in the game. game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's probably what he's done the last couple of weeks, but the, yeah. he only had 10. But still, I'm looking at the number. I saw 22. But yeah, no, I, yeah. I really thought that that Todd Bowles gets credit, right? I mean, we're we, you can say what you want about Todd Bowles. You know, if you want him fired, whatever, I, that's fine. We'll, we'll wait until the end of the season to see what's going to happen there. Remember, I didn't say a word about Lovey Smith during that two and 14 season, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was his first year. They were remaking the roster. Jason light was the new general manager. It was an awful season. They didn't win a single game at Raymond James stadium. If you were a season ticket holder in 2014, you got jobbed and you got robbed. You didn't see a win that entire season at Raymond James stadium. That hasn't happened, Matt, since the, the inaugural season of the Buccaneers in 1976, they didn't win a home game. Okay, so I gave Lovey into 2015, but when the collapse at the Capitol happened, I was the first and at that time the only reporter who said Lovey's got to go. This is not working out. This is this is not fixable. It's not repairable, right? I'm not doing that with Todd Bowles because I'm not sure how this plays out. I've done that with Byron Leftwich, right? I did that weeks ago after the Carolina game. Because I'm pretty sure this offense is not going to get much better. And so far, I'm right. And there are times, Matt, I don't want to be right. There's sometimes I don't like to be right. But right now, I'm right. And I wish I wasn't. But I don't see this offense really 
turning the corner under Byron Leftwich's decisions making and his play calling and all that. But these guys right here, the corners, the safeties, they played a phenomenal game. And Todd Bowles gets some credit for finally solving the Rams, finally beating them. And yes, they're not the high flying Rams of last year with OBJ and Matt Stafford playing better behind a better offensive line and, and not having Robert Woods. I get that. But they're still the Rams. And for almost 60 minutes, was it 59 minutes and f- yeah. 51 seconds, they had the lead in this game. And Todd Bowles' defense did enough to get the ball back. Matter of fact, and I, I've got the, the crazy numbers right here in my two-point conversion. I encourage you guys to read that. I'll drop it here in the chat. But the crazy thing about this is in the fourth quarter, L.A. did not gain a single first down in the fourth quarter as Todd Bowles' unit held the Rams to just four plays on, I'm sorry, four yards on 10 plays. Four yards, 10 plays, and four possessions in the fourth quarter. That's great defense, even against the subpar Rams offense right now. And Bowles gets credit for that. And he also beat the Saints when you had all these other coaches that couldn't do that. So this team might end up being 7-10, and 10, Matt, but damn it, they beat the Saints and they beat the Rams and ended these streaks. So we'll see how it all shakes out at the end of the season. They finally beat the two teams that have had their number over the last three seasons, and now they just lose to everyone else. So, yeah. you know, go figure. But um, to your point about the defense doing what they did in the fourth quarter, it's even more important with the fact that the last three games – they just broke down in the second half. Like we yeah. could talk about the Ravens game where they were phenomenal in the first half and then allowed yeah. over 200 rushing yards in the second half. We don't have to rehash the Panthers and the Steelers. We already done that. Yeah, let's not. But do that. for for a moment in that second half, when Darrell Henderson broke that big run, broke some tackles, it got the Rams in the field goal range. I was like, oh no, it's it's here we go again. Like <laughs> here comes the big run right. again with the Rams who can't run the ball. Right. Um, here comes the breakdown in the second half, and they stuck to it. They played yep. great in the fourth quarter, as you mentioned. I even asked Todd Bowles, like, how big of a boost was it having Carlton Davis back? And and yeah. Sean Rovey Vunting, you know, he they, played 95% of the snaps. Yep. Played great. And he said that they both – he said the two of them and Jamel Dean, they all played physical, and that yep. was key to this game, especially when the Rams like to go sideline to sideline. They like yes. to incorporate those jet sweeps. So yep. the physicality that – they brought where one you don't have to rely on Zion McCollum right. no offense to Zion McCollum but just bringing a little something different to this team that yeah. they've been lacking the past hey. couple of weeks and now if Antoine Winfield Jr. can get healthy at yes. safety watch out we could get back to a Bucks defense that you know still can't turn the ball over I don't think that last lateral counted at the end correct uh, yeah, you, bring, you bring in Antoine Winfield Jr. and I think you're looking at a team that has the potential. I don't know if they're always going to live up to it, but they right. have the potential to continue to look like that team that dominated the Cowboys in week one and took the ball away over and over and over in the fourth right. quarter against the Saints in week two. I'm not saying it's going to happen every week. Obviously, the Seahawks have a, a pretty formidable offense with Geno Smith, believe it right. or not. Um, but the potential is there, especially with the Keem Hicks healthy as well. And you know, th- yeah. one interesting thing here, real quick, I'm just going to bring this up. Sure. You know, Tony Saylor, Brady needs to call the plays. I, I really think that that Brady, what that was his play call, right? That was his play call at the end. And he went up to Leftwich. Leftwich was like, yeah, sure, Tom, if you like it, right? <laughs> I'm not going to give Byron Leftwich credit, Matt. But I will say this. 
I think Tom Brady was was smart enough to realize that that by using play action there and and going you know faking the ball to Leonard Fournette, okay, that I I think Brady was thinking you know these jackasses over there in, in blue and gold or blue and yellow whatever it is in the Rams they they probably think we are going to run the ball because that is a Byron Leftwich play. Right. Even with no timeouts. Right. Like, and if you don't get in, you're going to lose the game. Yep. And I think the Rams were thinking, wait a minute, these dumbasses over here in white and red and pewter, they're actually going to try to run the ball Leonard Fournette because that's what Byron Levage does. And, and I think Tom Brady says, this is a, <laughs> this is a time when play action is really going to work because they're going to be sold that Byron Leftwich is actually going to call a run into the middle of yeah. the defense. Why? Because that's exactly what happened on the third and goal from the two-yard line in the first drive, and they had to kick a field goal. So maybe Byron Lifwich is this genius that we don't know about where he was saying, ha, 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 ha. I'm going to set them up for the fourth quarter with this dumb play call in the first quarter. Scott, I don't know. So Paul Atwell and I were on the, the Peter Game Day show, and we were joking at the end that maybe this was the long con Great timing because I was about to get to that. Maybe this was the long con that Byron Leftwich decided to run it and run it and run it and run it and run it, and run it yep. to set up the play to action set with the nine second left seconds, play action. Yeah, thirteen seconds to go, yep. and with Kate Otten scoring the touchdown yep. with nine seconds remaining. And because you know the what? Rams actually believed they possibly might be running it. You saw it on the slow mo too. They all, I know. you know, they all went forward. So it was, <laughs> it was, it was the great long con. And, um, you know, you saw Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady. They they embraced each other after. And I can only imagine Byron just being like, Tom, thank you for calling that play. <laughs> thank thank thanks you for bailing me out, bud. Yeah, thank you for bailing me out one more time. And, you know, it's great when the team wins. You see them embrace like that. I'm sure some of the players probably had a victory beer after the game. And um, if you're going to have a victory beer celebrating the Bucks win as Scott just cracked open, have a Pirate Republic beer. That's the long John Pilsner that uh, that Scott has right there. Uh, but they have a couple of different ones. You can see it on the screen right here. You got the long John Pilsner on the uh, well in the red. You got the Take No Quarter IPA in the green and the Golden Haze of Piracy Belgian Wit Beer uh, in the gold there. And Pirate Republic, of course, is the exclusive partner and the official beer of pewterreport.com they're based out of nassau bahamas and now invading florida just in time for football season and beer brings people together like when tom brady throws the game winning touchdown to kate Otten, and save Byr saves byron leftwich's job uh and they bring bring bleh, they bring people together they celebrate life in the spirit of the original pirate code which is a sense of belonging pirate public is a community of people living life on their terms pirate public is available at participating retailers find more Lucas, party Lips, and select ABC liquor stores. That's where I get my Pirate Republic ABC liquor, all in the greater Tampa Bay area. And they're expanding across the state of Florida, which is music to all of our ears. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic beer. And it's always nice to have a Pirate Republic on a victory Monday yeah. when the Bucks are in first place. It, I'm, it I'm enjoying this one. So, so here's the thing. Guess where I'm going to go during the bye week, Matt? The Bahamas. Yes, I am. As a matter of fact, <laughs> yes, we're actually booking a cruise today. Three Are you cruise. legitimately going? That's yes, awesome. absolutely. Yes, we're going to Nassau, Bahamas. We've Good actually been there. Yes. We went there in 2018, 
And uh, as, as much as I like these three flavors of beer, they have a whole bunch more actually in the actual tap room uh, in, in Nassau, Bahamas. So we're, we're going to go there. It's, it's a business trip. I've got to write it off as an expense, Matt. And, uh, and we're going to go drink some beer in the Bahamas with the kids. So because so I think sorry. the drinking age is like off, 18. That, I know. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to Nassau, Bahamas. We're going to go check out the original uh, uh, Pirate Republic uh, tap room down there, which is, which is going to be cool. Yeah, that's that's truly awesome. I like this comment here by uh, 179 CPV. Yeah. Brady saved Byron from walking the plank. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit, and I was saying this on WDAE today when I was talking to Ronnie and T. Kraz. And sure, we're all excited, and I think there should be positivity because it just shows how hard it is to win a game in the NFL, yeah. no matter how good or bad of a team you're playing against. But that last drive by Brady, and sure, it was Tom Brady magic. It was Brady brilliance. You know, we've seen it. We've seen it all before. Um, but that really masked a lot of the issues for this offense from the beginning to the last 15 seconds um, of right. the game. And the winners write the history book. So it's, hey, Tom Brady led this great comeback drive. K. Naughton gets his first touchdown. And, you know, the, the, the headline isn't Bucks offense struggles again. Right. But – this offense is not sustainable moving forward. And I, and I don't, I don't want them to lose at all yeah. ever in any no. game, but I like, I don't want them to lose against the Seahawks, but I don't think these victory, if they go and they beat the Seahawks like 10 to seven, yeah. other than staying in first place, I don't think that yeah. accomplishes much for You're this right. team because they're not getting better besides the defense falling out. Right. They're not getting better, and if they're only scoring one touchdown per game, that's not doing anyone any favors. And when you keep winning in ugly, disgusting ways, right, you still can't fire Byron Leftwich yeah. because you continue to win. So the Bucs are in this really weird scenario where you don't <laughs> no. want to lose, but you almost need to prove a point at the same time. So I don't exactly it, know. It's called no man's land. Yeah, they're between a rock and a hard place right yeah. now. So here's the funny thing, right? So when was the last time we scored 28 points? Uh, that would be 31 against the Chiefs. Yep. So prior to this year, Matt, 30 was the magic number for the Buccaneers. We talked about it all last year ad nauseum, right? We were it's one of the one of the, the pewter report talking points. When this team scores 30, they win. And that was a fact. It was a fact in 2020, it was a fact in 2021. This team was 18 and 0 in the regular season and the postseason when the Bucs scored 30 points or more. Yeah, <laughs> the one time they've scored thirty points this year, thirty-one against the Chiefs, they lost. So it just things, even when it's going right for Byron Leftwich, it's going wrong because they end up losing. But uh, so it, listen, I'm just going to say this: we appreciate everybody uh, listening from and watching from from Canada, from Australia, from uh, Iceland, uh, New Zealand. I mean, uh, UK, around the world, Germany, Munich, Germany. We love our pewter people. We love our pewter report fans. You guys are absolutely awesome. You're so smart. And and uh, I just want to just give you guys credit for that because we read the comments. We can't get to everything. If you give us a super chat, we're going to put it up there for sure. But I, we, we do read. As Matt's talking, I'm reading. As I'm talking, he's reading. You guys have got some great comments and some – you're just smart fans. Yeah. You're smart fans. and we, That's what we love about you guys. You're awesome. Uh, and you do have some questions, and, and here's some here. Uh, this is from Brandon Burkhart. Have two questions. Should the Bucks hire Peyton Manning as OC? And why is the offense so good and no huddle all year? It is look good. 
Uh, I'm going to answer the second part of the question first, Matt. I'll, I'm going to let you handle the Peyton Manning one because I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, Two-minute offense, no huddle offense. Sometimes it works because the defense is, especially like last night, the defense is softer by nature. They're trying to get a tackle inbounds to keep that clock running, knowing the Bucks don't have timeouts, et cetera. So sometimes you get more favorable looks. It's easier to pass the ball. Uh, it's the fourth quarter, and as much as the defensive lineman is in pin-your-ears-back mode, Matt, it's also the fourth quarter, meaning we're tired, we're gassed. We've been playing the whole game. The Bucks had, I think, what, 84 plays on offense? That's an awful lot of plays that that the the Rams' defenders had to be out there for. So sometimes it just kind of works in your favor that way. But I, I'm, I'm in favor of going up-tempo, getting in, in this rhythm. I think Brady excels in that. And I listen, I love Raheem Morris. He's a great guy, but he had some brain farts coaching last night. And and allowing mm-hmm. Scotty Miller and Kate Otten to be wide open near the sidelines so many times in that final drive in the fourth quarter to just step out of bounds and catch the ball and move the chains was was maddening. Yeah, that that the same thing I was saying was why aren't they guarding the sidelines? Like Kate yeah. Otten making the catch over the middle, sure, fine. Sure, that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what you want, but there was still enough time where they can go down spike and you still have time. Right. Scott going two in a row to Scotty. Wasn't like one play Scotty and then a couple others and then back to Scotty. No, they went back to Scotty two plays in a row, significantly down the field. Great for the Bucs, but absolutely made no sense whatsoever yeah. by the Rams. They played tissue paper soft coverage and to right. answer the the first question about peyton manning being offensive coordinator if peyton manning wanted to be the offensive coordinator hell yeah absolutely yeah. go for it with that yeah. said peyton manning is a very busy man that makes a lot of money probably yeah. more money doing <laughs> yeah. what he's doing now than if he were to be an offensive coordinator and obviously and he, he probably player. would join his friend jeff saturday in, yeah. <laughs> in indianapolis to be the, the colts coordinator right now yeah if he was going this- to there's talks of Peyton Manning. He eventually wants to be an owner. And I would imagine being an owner right. of a team is a lot better than being an offensive coordinator where there's where there's all that, uh, yeah. you know, all that pressure and there's criticism that comes with it and things like that. But, you know, he's got Peyton's places. He's got the uh, the Manning cast with his brother, Eli, where, right. you know, Peyton's calling out the place and doing yeah. all that stuff. I would love for him to maybe he could be like a celebrity guest. Offensive coordinator for one yeah. game for the Bucks. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just give him a week. That's what Todd should do, right? Just br- bring in a rotating OC yeah. and just you know yeah, go out. Give him that, a so. week to study the playbook, yeah, exactly. And the opponent and Peyton right. would because right. he's the best at like pregame, yeah, uh, figuring stuff out. Yeah, I'm with that. Maybe we can get a celebrity, I, I like uh, celebrity offensive coordinator. Nathan Elliott, uh, would the Pewter Report sign my Pewter Report jersey? Yes. If you have a jersey that says Pewter Report on it, we will sign it. I will make sure every Pewter Report staffer, yeah. uh, current and past, signs it. I'll even get Grizz to sign it. Yeah, you see we'll, Taylor we'll, Jenkins in the street. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll send it to Cincy and have Trevor Sikkim sign it. We'll send it up to Pennsylvania, have John Ledyard sign it. Yes, if you have a Pewter Report jersey and you want it autographed, we will make that happen. I'll even have Peter Report alum Jenna Lane sign it from ESPN if you want. So you you let you send it to us, and and if you're serious, we'll we'll definitely have that done. The, the Peter Report jersey I have over here that was given to me by the team for 20 years of of hard labor covering <laughs> covering this crappy football team for 20 <laughs> years. It wasn't all bad because I was there yeah. for the Dungy and the Gruden years, but then after that, it got really really bad. Like most of you know that, right? Like Raheem Morris, 
yeah. Rick Schiano, Lovey Smith, or Cutter. So I, I got that as a, hey, you survived. We appreciate you not <laughs> quitting covering this crappy team. Because remember, these are the crappy uniforms, too. These are the uniforms that never yeah. saw a playoff game in them. They switched back to the good jerseys, and, and and they won the Super Bowl, right, that that year. So that, that should tell the Glaziers, don't ever change the uniforms. I mean, bring back the, the creamsicles, <laughs> sure, for like a game or two, fine. But like never those ever again. Scott, you said before that, you know, covering this team when there was the bad times, it, it aged you pretty badly. But now the, the team has played better over the last couple of years. Yes. Maybe not this season as much. Um, I'm not going to say it made you younger, but I know that uh, you've been using the product Age Rejuvenation, and that has made you feel younger. And so I want to hear your comments on that. First, let's hear yeah. from our friends at Age Rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to Age Rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Okay, a couple things. Uh, number one, I don't feel 18 again. I think that's a little bit of hyperbole. I mean, I get <laughs> it. Like the guy feels young and all that. Great. I don't feel like I'm 18 again, nor do I want to. Right. That's that's rewinding the clock a little too much. That's like some Benjamin Button stuff right there. Um, <laughs> But I do feel if, if I'm being brutally honest, and I would tell you, I would I, I would say, listen, I, I'm an age rejuvenation customer. They're a paying advertiser. It works. And, and I, I would feel comfortable saying that. But I'm telling you, it really, 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 really works. Really, it does. It's, it's shocking how much that the testosterone therapy does work because I legitimately feel like I'm 40 again. And I wish I would have done this when I was like 44, 45, Matt, because that's really where I started to kind of feel going downhill, you know, starting to feel like an old man who ought to take a nap in the afternoon, you know. But it's true. Like, you start to feel that way. Matt, how old are you? I am old enough. No, that's what they say in Super Bowl. I'm 29. <laughs> okay, 29. It's coming, my yeah. friend. It's coming. I, I, I am I am a... a uh, a spoiler alert for you. I am a preview of coming attractions. Okay. And my advice to you and everybody else out there is uh, if you feel sluggish and what they're finding at age, re age rejuvenation is even people in their thirties, even guys in their thirties, they're seeing lower testosterone numbers, right? And certainly in the forties, fifties, sixties, and, and beyond um, energy becomes a problem. It just turns out that I have low testosterone, like a lot of men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and even some in their 30s. It's just nature, fellas. It happens. But lower testosterone can affect anything from weight loss to energy to stamina. I'm actually down uh, to about uh, between 210 and 213 right now. It's up around 220. And I don't even go to the freaking gym. I don't have time. But I, my, my lean muscle mass has increased. And it's not like I'm losing weight. I'm lo I'm losing fat. They've got these these machines that that do the body mass thing, and I've lost like five pounds of fat, which is great. And I look better. I feel great. I have energy. I'm sleeping better at night. Please, if you're my age or around my age or older, whatever, 
visit agerejuvenation.com. They've got five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Go in for that free consultation. They'll do blood panel. Your insurance will pay for it. They'll go over it. They'll check your, your testosterone count, and they can help you. So I fully, wholeheartedly endorse this because I'm an I'm a age rejuvenation customer. You saw John Gilmore from the Pewter Report Tailgate Show, former Bucks tight end. He is also age rejuvenation customer. It works. My wife, Ashley, is on hormone uh, therapy for women, and she's seeing some great results too. So it's not just for the guys. It's also for the girls too. So agerejuvenation.com. Make sure you check it out. Uh, shout out to Teddy here with the $5 Super Chat. Thank you, Teddy. Uh, do you all think our vanilla offense is because they won't make changes? Uh, in parentheses, stubbornness and or bowls decision, or because they can't? Lack of uh That's a great question, Matt. That's a great question. Uh, again, we've got the smartest fans yeah. on the Pewter Teddy. Report podcast and reading Pewter Report, and we love you guys. I don't know what the answer is, though. That's a smart question. I don't have a smart answer, Matt. What do you think? Do you think our vanilla offense because they won't make changes? Yeah, I think it's more stubbornness than anything else. I do too. I, I think it's because they've seen, hey, well, we got it done in 2020 and we had a great offense in 2021. Let's uh, you know, let's just keep riding with that. And we've seen teams adjust, we've seen teams predict things. I mean, it's just inexcusable at this point. I understand, Scott, you said it, and I agree with you that you know. Third, third and one, third and two, those are running downs. But when your running downs get stopped every single time, throw us a bone and one time run yeah. the play action. Like right. how many times have we seen they they go on the field with you know multiple tight ends so many times? Three tight ends throwing Kyle Rudolph there yeah. with with Kate Otten and Co-Keith. You know, you'll see at the goal line, other teams, they'll run that, they'll do that hard play action, and then you'll see a tight end just slip up open into the side. And they score a touchdown. The Bucs haven't tried that like once all season until that last play. I know they're in shotgun is a little bit yeah. of a different look. But finally, there was like play action at the goal line. We haven't seen any of that. Yeah. So I, I know. just the, the unwillingness to change with, you know, a lot of the main core group of guys, but yeah. some different personnel in there. You have to change. You can't right. expect a hobbled Julio Jones to be I Antonio agree. Brown. You can't expect Russell Gage to all of a sudden turn into a guy that could be a, a thousand yard receiver. That was the hope. Yeah. Do we lose Matt or do we lose? I, I don't know. Right. It, it went okay. weird for a second. Um, right. I still, they have good enough personnel to score more than 18 points per game. I agree. Which was their average before yesterday's game. Yeah. And you know, when you hear comments like that from Byron, Right, the play actually won't work unless you run the ball. Uh, I, listen, even Todd Bowles said it today a little bit. Now, here here's the one thing that you have to understand: play action works better when you are running the ball. Right, sure. when you're getting it run down your throat and you're a linebacker, you can't afford to to guess. Now, you still have to read your keys, right? So, uh, they're they're going to read run, right? They're going to read the, the play action like the play action fake by the quarterback to the running back. They're going to read that, and they're going to take their, their step forward to see, but then they're going to bail in coverage, right? When when you're throwing the ball, if you can't run the ball, they're, they're going to, I'm going to do my due diligence, take my step, but I'm going to guess. And I'm, oh, I'm going to guess right because you're not going to run the ball because you can't, and I'm going to drop and, and all that. What Todd Bowles said today is, is, is actually factual. It works 
better when you are running the ball because those linebackers won't be dropping in coverage. They won't be guessing and bailing. They will be committing to come up and stop the run. So Byron's wrong with his statement. Well, you have to run the ball to have the play action be effective. It just works better when you are running the ball really well. And I think that, I think that's the one thing Todd was kind of getting to today when it comes to, to the play yeah. action. But uh, it's scary that Byron doesn't know that. I know. <laughs> but but we've seen it. Josh Allen, uh, J.C. Allen, he's, he's even asked Byron about, you know, EPA, right? Yeah. <laughs> Byron looked at him like, What's he tried that? to like laugh it off, but he didn't know what it was. And it's like, how can you be a coach? Here, here's a fundamental problem. And listen, we're going to get to the bottom of a lot of this stuff, but I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, and I'm just being honest with you. Uh, one of my superhero powers here on the Peter Report team is information procurement, okay? Good at getting information, inside scoop, and relaying what I can to you fans, either in podcast form or in my columns, et cetera, right? We're going to find out kind of what the truth is, but it's, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen until probably after the season. In January, February, whenever the season ends, hang on. We're going to have a lot of, of stuff that is coming down. There's some stuff I know right now that I can't tell you, but what I can tell you is this. Here's an observation that I'm going to make. If you look at the coaching staff, a lot of these coaches, not all, but a lot of them on the offensive side, have only come from the Arians coaching tree, from this playbook, this system. And it works, and it works really well when you have really talented players. And you know what? It worked in Pittsburgh, Matt, when you had Ben Roethlisberger and Heinz Ward and Antoine Randall and you know, and and, and those Bennett. those players yeah. there, right? Yeah. And, and and it's worked here in Tampa when you have A B stretch in the field and Mike Evans and Chris Goblin and, and Rob Gronkowski and an offensive line with three pro bowlers on it, right? It, it can work and put up 30 points per game. And it worked in Arizona with Larry Fitzgerald and Carson Palmer, all those guys, right? Having said that, when you're looking for variations, creativity, things like that, Matt, I don't know that that enough guys are outside of this framework. And I'm using this example with blinders on, right? They got blinders on. They're focused mm-hmm. on what's worked with Arians, but can they go outside of that and look around the league and grab some things that are trendy, that are all working, other teams are doing, that are successful, maybe at the college level, maybe at the at the NFL yeah. level. They don't do that. And I think, I think that is driving Todd Bowles nuts. It's almost like their offense is a little bit too much by the book of like the book of Arians, I guess, if you want it. Bruce right. Arians offensive playbook. Um, they're a little bit too much by the book there, where it's like, hey, you can like go outside of this yeah. it's like oh well bruce's offense says that you gotta you gotta go and like go vertical on this play but we're not even seeing the vertical offense that the bruce arians playbook was absolutely you know predicated off of and we're not right. even seeing that anymore there's there's not explosive plays right for this team which is um which is really concerning yeah. so and, and one thing too this is very important yeah. to 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 put out there the reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we've said this before, it bears repeating for those that missed it. The reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers missing T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, their top three cornerbacks in that 20-18 to 18 loss to Pittsburgh, the reason why this offense got shut down by the Pittsburgh Steelers that only had Cameron Jordan on it, really, in terms of playmakers, was because Mike Tomlin saw this offense every day in practice. 
Yeah. And Bruce Arians was the OC. And he, and, he, and he battled against it every training camp for several years. So he knew this. He knew the plays that were coming. He knew that the duo run game, right? He knew the passing routes. He knew the, the concepts, the, you know, the, the 987. He knew all of that stuff. And he said, we're going to scheme against this offense and we're going to shut it down. And they did. And like anything, if you keep running stuff that that is that has worked, it will become predictable and teams will figure it out. And I think that's what's happening a little bit with this Arians offense. When you can out-talent people with A.B. and Evans and Godwin and Gronkowski, you're going to find that weak matchup if you're Tom yeah. Brady and exploit it. But they, they only have half of those guys now, and this offense has become predictable. And we saw that. Listen, in, in, in the 1990s, Matt, I covered the Buccaneers that are running the Tampa too, right? And the Bucks defense was outstanding. The problem is, is teams started covering, you know, d- discovering these two beaters, these Tampa two beaters, these different pass plays, and you can't run Tampa two anymore as your staple defense. Lovey Smith's still trying it, and look at the record. He tried it here in Tampa. It didn't work. I mean, you talk about the predict- predictability. Tom Brady almost got picked off on a screenplay because like the Rams knew it was coming and it would have been yeah. a pick six in the other direction. That's why Tomlin knew. That's why the Rams knew yep. um, all this predictability. It's been it over, over, over and over and over. And the screenplay has been an absolute mess. I asked Todd Bowles about that today, yeah. but it all comes back to predictability. I wish I had as good of predictability as the Rams did against the Bucks defense. Cause it would yeah. really help me when I make my underdog fantasy picks and I made mind for uh tonight's game as well there you last go. week the bucks were rooting against the ravens or bucks fans this week bucks fans are going to be rooting for the ravens because yep. obviously they are taking on the uh new orleans saints but underdog fantasy is the easiest way to get some action on the nfl with their pick'em game the rivals game as well uh, you just pick an over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and get your first deposit matched up to $100 by Underdog Fantasy. Again, that's PEWTER, P-E-W-T-E-R is the promo code. Get your first deposit uh, doubled up to one hundred dollars, and uh, I will give my picks right now. All right, uh, a little bit lighter today than than usual, um, but I think the Saints are going to learn how the the Bucks defended the Ravens in the first half, and mm-hmm. also do a better job at stopping the run. So okay. I'm going lower than sixty three and a half rushing yards for Lamar Jackson. I don't think they're going to let him escape the pocket. I think they're going to force him to either throw it or hand it off to the running back. And then I'm also going lower than 63 and a half receiving yards for Chris Olave. Obviously the saints are pretty banged up at wide receiver. Michael Thomas is uh, going to be out for the rest of the year. I saw this like really funny meme where it was like Michael Thomas toes out for the season. (laughs) Brian Robinson shot like returns in four games or out for four games and returns. So, I think the Ravens will obviously they have a pretty good secondary. We'll key in yeah. on Olave and he doesn't have a huge game. So those are my picks for underdog fantasy. Use that promo code Peter and you can That's make good. Uh, your picks. I have a pick, Matthew. I, I am I'm picking Jake Kermada as the NFC special teams player of the week. This guy like it. holy Golden smokes. Leg. 
what yeah, what what a, what a game he had. Averaged 59, I don't want to say 59.4 yards uh, on the gross punting and about 55 yards on the net. Uh, he boomed a 74-yard punt that was absolutely gorgeous. It tied the franchise long. Uh, this guy has really just turned into a weapon. Two special teams tackles, too. You don't yeah. want your, your punter slash kickoff <laughs> specialist making them, but damn it, he's going to make them. He's an athlete from Georgia, man. This guy will get down yeah. there and, and act like a dog. And uh, uh, it just, just a phenomenal pick. I wrote about him and uh, the other fourth-round pick, uh, Kate Otten, a couple of, of studs now for the Buccaneers in the fourth round. And day three, uh, Jason Light and his scouting staff doing a great job getting some players for the for the for the present and the future. The great thing about Camarda and I know that everybody wanted punt god. It was it was it was fortunate that they didn't draft punt god because yeah. he's out of the league cuz of some really uh, dubious off the field stuff. But the thing is is this guy is a player and whenever you can get a starter in the 4th round and he is a, a I was going to say a good. He's a really good punter, a great kickoff specialist and a holder. That's three rolls and one guy, and he's got a great upside, a big booming leg. And uh, I, I think that he is just phenomenal. And again, KDOT also a fourth-round pick. So we're seeing some dividends from this rookie class that are really showing up for the Buccaneers in a big way on Sunday against the, the Rams, Matt. Todd Bowles had a really funny answer today. He was asked, like, oh, uh, do you like Jake Marta making all these tackles? And he was like, no, I do not. Yeah. Uh, the way he said it, the inflection yes. of Tom, the inflection nope, of Tom I do not was very funny. Yes. Um, he also had a you could see that on our social media. We put the video up on on Peter yeah. Reports Twitter. Uh, he also had a very funny response asking about the last time that he coached internationally, which that was with the Jets in 2015. They had a game in London, and I'm not going to give it away. Again, you can go to our yeah. Twitter, check out the video. But he had a very funny response about his experience. Then, of course, the Bucks will be heading to Germany. Yeah. Uh, this weekend when they play against the Seattle Seahawks. Right. And uh, we will still have the Pewter Report tailgate show and the Pewter game day show will be a little bit different. Typically, we are at uh, walk-ons either in Wesley Chapel or in Midtown. But because this game is very early in the morning at 930, we typically do our show two hours in advance. Yep. Uh, but walk-ons won't be open at, at seven in the morning, understandably so. So, right. so we will be doing... The uh, tailgate show live from the comfort of our own homes, the yep. uh, Peter Report offices, and then the Peter Game Day show will be going on at uh, nine thirty. It'll be myself and a guest giving our live reactions and analysis to um, everything that goes on in the Bucks game, which yep. is hopefully another win. I just we had a lot of fun yesterday, and even when they play bad, you know we we laugh and cry through the pain. And uh, right. obviously enjoy when the team plays well, too. So yep. check so, out Walk-Ons if you haven't been yep. there yet. And, uh, yeah, you'll yep. love it. And Walk-Ons is actually going to be open at 9 o'clock. So if you're looking for a place to go to watch the game, they've got great game day specials. So you need to make sure to go to Walk-Ons. Both locations, Midtown Tampa and Wesley Chapel, will be open at 9 o'clock for that Bucks seahawks game. They want to see you there. But as Matt said, we're going to be doing uh, our our um, our – Pewter Report uh, tailgate show, the pregame show live from our homes, and then watching the game um, while drinking some Pirate Republic beer, of course. That is right. So that's going to do it for us on today's show. Happy Victory Monday again for everybody. Yes. Nice to see the Bucks win for the first time uh, over their last four games. Finally back 
um, in the win column. Of course, our next show will be on Wednesday, where we go into a further breakdown of the matchups between uh, the Bucks and the Seahawks for that Germany game. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Harris saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We will see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. By the way, also, RIP Aaron Carter. Obviously, uh, Nick Carter is yeah. a big fan of the Bucks and has been on the Pewter Report podcast yeah. and a fan of Pewter Report. Uh, really sad to see that. So I just want to mention that and send our yeah. condolences uh, to the loss of uh, Aaron Carter. So uh, yeah. for Scott, well uh, Matt, we'll see everybody on Wednesday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Take care, Nick Carter and family.